to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. You're listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And, you know, here's proof that funding retirement has changed. In 1970, 45% of private sector employees were covered by a pension plan in the private sector. Now, only 4% are covered. Last year, General Electric announced plans to freeze pension benefits for over 20,000 employees and to offer pension buyouts to about 100,000 former employees. This is part of a larger trend in the private sector where there is no guarantee that a companies that originally promised pension plans will be able to follow through. And if workers do receive their pension, they may not be the, that may not be the end of it. You know, they may have to decide between options, choosing larger payments over their lifetime or receiving smaller payments to benefit their spouse, or they could be presented with a buyout option at some point to either take a lump sum or payments over a long period of time. And then there's increasing debt with public pensions. And whether, I'll tell you right now, whether you're going to have a pension or not, we all should be concerned with public pensions and the debt required to fund those public pensions because those ultimately fall to the taxpayers when it comes to public pensions. So the increase, the increasing public pension debt is one of the things we're going to talk about on the show today and trends in the private sector. We're going to create how to create, we're going to talk about how to create lifetime retirement income without a pension, what to consider if you're being offered a pension buyout. What are the things you need to be considering? Be careful. You don't just go for the money grab. You know, a lot of these pension buyouts are planning for that. They want you to take the money grab. It may not be in your best interest to take the money grab. What are all the things that you need to be considering? And what can you do if you're concerned about market volatility, running out of money in retirement, or taxes on your retirement savings? We're going to talk about all of those things today. So it's a very important show. Uh, Also, you can follow us online at broganfinancial.com. I've got my next upcoming class at Pellissippi State. Uh, thrive, how to thrive financially in retirement. We're doing both in person and we're doing uh, virtually. If you'd rather stay at your own home and attend the class online, you can do that. Go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. It's on August 13th and 20th. Coming up here in a couple of weeks. Again, that's Thursday nights, August 13th and 20th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. both nights. And we would love to see you there either in person or online. So, again, PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. You can download a syllabus. Uh, you can also click to register. Now, first, let's talk about some worrying trends for public pensions. And Forbes magazine recently had an article on this, and it's rather eye-opening. You know, governments 
are dealing with paying for COVID-19 expenses, as we know. And there's falling tax revenue because let pe- more people are out of work. More pe- less people are not only more people are not only earning less money because so many are out of work. They're also buying less stuff. So there's less tax revenue all the way around with businesses and consumers. And then they're having shrinking budgets. And then Congress is got all this stimulus. And you know when they pass this latest round, you know who knows where our debt is going to go to. We're almost to $27 trillion just in the national debt. So we're starting to get into a little, into a real danger zone, but there's another bill that's waiting for us that hasn't really been talked about much. And it could end up leaning on taxpayers and it's public pension plans. Now public pension plans haven't announced their annual earnings yet, but a recent report from Moody's, notes that investment returns have almost certainly fallen well short of their targets. It goes on to estimate that when pension plans tally up their total performance from July 1 of last year to June the 30th of this year, so the last 12 months ending June the 30th, most pension systems are probably going to be in the range of total return of zero to one percent return, and their average target is to average seven percent per year. And I'll tell you right now, in the next decade, with the way pension plans are managed, with the diversification they have, and they have less—you know—they're careful. They don't have most pension plans are careful. They don't have too much in the stock market. And because of the balance and the diversification, I'll be honest, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for pensions to average 7% per year in the next 10 years. Very, very difficult. Might be tough. They might be stuck around 3 or 4%. Now, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But when I look at all the handwriting on the wall and the concerns of stagflation with all of the things that are going on to deal with COVID-19 and the after effects of that two, three years from now, in terms of how it affects economic growth, you know, I mean, we, we could have a challenging decade ahead. So this makes two straight years that public pension systems are missing their targets. Now, last year it was kind of narrowly missing. You know, they wanted to make seven, they made over six. Um, when plans miss their targets, pension systems, unfunded liabilities, let me give you another word for that. Debt. If they have unfunded liabilities, that is debt. Things that they don't anticipate enough coming in to fund those pensions. Um, Those debts amounts increase unless governments raise their own annual payments into the system to fill the gap. And Moody's estimates that government pension bills next year could increase by 15% just to keep their funding levels even. Well, where does the, pen, where does the government money come from to fund the pensions? It comes from you and me. It comes from tax revenue. And, it, it you know, so... You know, there's a problem there. They've got to increase their funding quite substantially. So that could translate to hundreds of millions of dollars or even more for governments. Let me give you a couple of examples. In Kentucky, 
Their annual pension bill, again, this is according to Forbes, all right, their annual pension bill for its state employee plan is about $1 billion. And that could mean an additional $150 million that they're going to be on the on the hook for to help fund to get it up to current funding levels. Paying that will not help its fiscal status. They have, to, they have less than 17% of the money it needs to meet its total liabilities in the future. So it simply would keep the plan from falling, you know, in order to keep the plan from falling even further behind, they've got to have more money go into the pension plan right at a time where tax revenues are drying up. And investment returns have become more and more critical to public pension systems because their annual payments from current employees and from governments, taxpayers, are not enough to cover the yearly payouts to retirees. As it stands right now, roughly 80 cents on every dollar paid out to retirees comes from investment income. So that leaves a 20% shortfall is how you should look at that. So I'm kind of thinking and reminded of what we're dealing with with Social Security here. We have unfunded liabilities. It can't be met. An increase in unfunded liabilities has a ripple effect for taxpayers, for you and me. Governments unable to stabilize their pensions or afford the higher bills may ultimately lean on us. Many did so after the investment losses in 2008 in the financial crash that ultimately wiped out about 25% of public pensions market value. So even if a payment hike is phased in, which is often the case, it's a big increase that most governments will be ill-equipped to handle because state and local revenues aren't expected to recover for another three years from the pandemic. But delay is also costly because of the way pension accounting is done. Every year a government skips on a, skimps on a payment or investment returns fall short of expectations, a pension's funded ratio gets worse. And that's where they get in this really challenging situation because, you know, we know when we have a diversified portfolio, it's not just going to click along making 7% per year or 5% per year or 4% per year, whatever the average return is. We have good years and we have bad years. It can't produce that kind of an average. Now, you know, it's not year after year after year it makes those returns. And that's actually one of the things that you as a retiree, when you structure an income plan, have to really be cognizant of. And that's why I talk about structuring income in the short term from safe investments that you draw from only safe. So it allows you to, to, to leave the risk investments alone, to go through ups and downs so that you can hit an average return in six, seven, eight years and not worry about clicking along at five, six, seven percent per year. Because we know that's just not reasonable. So anytime we have a shortfall and the, the, the performance doesn't hit, the governments fall further behind. So it's for these reasons that state and local governments, their unfunded pension, pension liabilities have actually doubled since the Great Recession. It's simply hard to catch up when the stock market falters, which inevitably we have up periods and we have down periods. So in 2007, pension debt, pension unfunded liabilities in this country totaled $1.6 trillion dollars. And it was about 11% of our GDP. Now, it's gone from $1.6 up to $4.1 And more importantly, 
as a percentage of GDP, which is really how we should look at these things, it went from 11% to 19%. So it's almost doubled. And with what's happening this year with COVID-19, with both investment returns and tax revenues, I'm very confident that we're going to come up even shorter. So what does all this mean? It means that we're looking at two things. Now, I'm going to talk about private pensions here in the next segment. But I, I think in terms of public pensions, it means that everybody has to be concerned about the future of our tax rates. Now, I've had more and more people ask me or express concerns to me in the last three months about the future of income taxes than at any time in my entire career. I've been doing this since 2001. I started my business, Brogan Financial, in the midst of a bear market. We saw two bear markets in the first six years of my business. You know, one, we were in the middle of it, and then in 07, we began the Great Recession. We've been through a lot that I've experienced in almost 20 years in business. Okay, so, you know, we've seen a lot, but I've never seen the type of concern that I've seen consumers, you, express to me about income taxes in the future. You know, Congress, there's no telling what this bill's going to end up looking like at the end of this whole thing. And, you know, it's interesting. I was on Halloran's show a couple of weeks ago, and he was asking me about these challenges because, you know, Halloran's a fiscal conservative. I am, too. And But if, if our government had done nothing, we'd have seen a depression, If, if in my opinion. If the government does nothing with the new stimulus, with these fiscal cliffs we have that are happening now, with unemployment benefits and e- eviction protection for home renters and payroll protection programs for businesses, you know, if there's not more stimulus, we could really go into a big tailspin. So we're a little bit between a rock and a hard place. And as I had mentioned then... You know, we, we, we didn't have our financial house in order prior to this because of our spending. And so now we're in a pickle. And so it makes tax planning extremely critically important for you. And there's this sweet spot between retirement age and age 72 when you have to take distributions from your IRAs and 401ks and other retirement accounts. And you can really make hay. For those of you that are over 72 this year, as you probably know, the CARES Act suspended required minimum distributions this year. So you have a one-year window here to maybe do some really effective tax planning. You can maybe look at Roth conversion to hedge income taxes in the future, pay a lower tax rate today, you know, to hopefully avoid a higher tax rate tomorrow. Also realizing long-term capital gains and maybe a 0% tax rate. We have a lot of clients that we do capital gains planning at the end of the year and try to maximize even not just loss harvesting, gain harvesting. Others that have large charitable deduction carry forwards that we can take advantage of in the way we structure income on the income tax return to then get more 0% treatment on capital gains. So there's a lot you can do to do effective tax planning. So the pension situation for public pensions is concerning and that adds the big, line, big picture here is it just adds to the debt issue. And so we need a plan for you to be more self-dependent, more independent, and to minimize taxes both now and in the future. Now, we just had tax day on July 15th. It had been extended. 
And that's not really tax planning. That's when you're preparing your taxes. You're looking in the rearview mirror. Tax planning is looking forward. How can you be intentional about the t- taxes you pay year after year after year? And you can be more intentional about the income taxes you pay in retirement than at any other pop time in your life. There's no telling where the economy could be headed after the pandemic is over. And if you have uncertainty about this impact on your plan, both in terms of taxes and private pensions, then, you know, what was once so dependable doesn't feel so stable anymore. And it just means it's more important than ever to focus on the things you can control. A volatile market or weak economy does not mean you can't retire when you want to, but it does mean that you need to be an active participant in figuring out a retirement plan. And we can help you with that. Feel free to give us a call at... Uh, 865-862-6800. You can also go to our website, broganfinancial.com, for a complimentary consultation. If you've got over 250000 in retirement savings, maybe you're getting a pension buyout and you want to look at those options, we'd be glad to help. I've also got my upcoming class, How to Thrive Financially in Retirement, two-part class. If you're retired or getting ready to retire, it's at Pellissippi State, August 13th and 20th. You can you can attend in live or online virtually go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the private pension issues in America and what does that mean for you if you have a pension or if you're being offered even a lump sum buyout. So don't go away as you're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You are listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. During the week, Jim is a financial advisor, an author and speaker with an MBA from the University of Tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives. You can reach Brogan Financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan, your host. And I know you may have questions about your financial future. Do you have a decision to make about your pension? Or maybe you don't have a pension at all and you're wondering how to fund your retirement. You can give us a call at 865-862-6800 or visit us online at broganfinancial.com. And you can, uh, we got a lot of information we publish. You can also set a time for a consultation. Now, what should you be considering if you're offered a pension buyout or want to turn a lump sum of cash into retirement income? You know, more and more companies now on the private, now we're switching to the private sector and private pensions. Now, as I mentioned in the first segment, only 4% of private employers now offer pensions. And so it's changed dramatically. Uh, since uh, the early, you know, since, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago when it was closer to 50%, I believe it was. Um, So pension buyout sales total over $7 billion. Companies that are saying we want to buy out our pension liability. So instead of paying 
a stream of income that's guaranteed for your life, they'll just buy it out and give you a lump sum. See, think about it, a longevity of life. People are living longer and longer lives. So if, you ha- if the company's on the hook to pay you income for life and you live to 95, 97, 98 years old, they're on the hook for that with their pension plan. Uh, I mean, it's their pension plan that's on the hook, technically. And don't, don't, when I say 95, don't discount how long people are living longer. If you're a married couple aged 65 years old today, there's about a 50% likelihood the average 65-year-old couple, one of you will live to 94, one of the two spouses. And there's a 25% likelihood one of you will live to 98 because people are living longer and longer lives. And I'll tell you, the medical technology that's being developed right now, I know we're so focused right now on COVID-19 and this pandemic, but the medical technology right now is just alarmingly um, promising. So these companies know this, and they have these unfunded, these liabilities. So there's been $7 billion in buyouts. If you're offered a buyout or if you already have a lump sum option in your 401k or other company plan, you know, how, what should you do? So it's important to consider the financial standing of the company offering the pension or buyout. How secure is that pension? Now, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation does provide some insurance to protect, and there are rules that that, that pensions have to follow. But if they go bankrupt, it's not going to cover your whole pension. It's going to cover a percentage, and and it's kind of a complicated formula. Bottom line, the fiscal responsibility of your pension is very important. You, You absolutely should make sure that if you forfeit the pension, In other words, you take the lump sum instead of the income for life that you're not giving up some benefit like health insurance. Very important. Make sure you're not sacrificing some other benefit. And then if you do take the lump sum, how are you going to supplement your Social Security income and investment income? And if you don't have a pension, the challenge you face is figuring out how to take that lump sum and turn that savings into stable retirement income. So interest rates are very low. You can't earn much at the bank, savings accounts and CDs. Market volatility can become more of a problem for those nearing and in retirement. So there's a lot to consider. So if you take the lump sum, you know, ask yourself, how comfortable would you be managing a large amount of money on your own? And what I'm not a fan of is taking a lump sum and taking aggressive risk with that money because you're taking something that would provide guaranteed income for life, assuming the the company plan can do it. It's a fiscally responsible pension and you're giving that up and taking the cash. So I've heard too many horror stories of people that take the lump sum and do something aggressive or buy a couple of stocks, more speculative and really get their, you know, their shirt handed to them. And you have to be careful there. If anything, you want to be more cautious with money from a lump sum because you're giving up guaranteed income for life. You know, you have to look at the tax burden of all this. In a pension, you have no RMDs to worry about. Now, you're getting taxable income, but you're not complicating the RMD problem. You need to provide for a loved one after you're gone. You know, that's one of the big, that's one of the biggest issues with taking the pension income is that even if you have a bit survivor benefit for your spouse when you're both gone, there's nothing left typically. 
So if you both passed away and got hit by a bus, there's nothing for your kids. It all goes away. Now, sometimes they'll give you an option to like, hey, you'll pay it for life with a 20-year guarantee. So then even if you and your spouse died, it would still pay for a full 20 years. So there are other options. It depends on the pension plan and what they offer. Here are the main considerations I want you to think about. First, you have to look at the calculation and how much money are they offering you to buy out your guaranteed income. And to me, it's a, it's a control and flexibility on the one hand. If you take the cash, you've got more control and more flexibility more options with your estate plan. If you take the income, you have long-term security. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have less security when you take the lump sum. It, it depends so much on what you do with that lump sum. But you are giving up a guaranteed income for life when you take the lump sum. So it just, you know, you just be careful that you don't just go for the money. A lot of times these, I have a client uh, that worked for General Motors, and a few years ago, they were offered a buyout on the General Motors pension. And when you calculated how much they were being offered, they were lowballed. The the uh, love sum. They were only offered like they were in their mid seventies, and they were offered they were only offered about ten times their annual income for a lump sum. So that'd be like getting. You know, if you're getting 70000 a year and you're offered 700000 on the lump sum, that's not nearly enough money. I mean, you really ought to be, you know, you ought to be getting a lot more than that. I don't, you're probably not going to get doubled, certainly not at that age. You're not going to get 20 times, but 10 times is not enough. So you have to look at, is it a fair offer? What are the guarantees to the spouse? Uh, how much control and flexibility do you have with the rest of your financial planning? How important is your legacy to the kids? How much control and flexibility do you want? So there are a lot of questions to answer. Don't just go for the money grab and what's best for your coworker may not be best for you. It needs a calculated decision. You have to fold it in with a comprehensive financial plan, just like your social security election, your income planning, all of your investment diversification and everything else has got to be folded into a comprehensive financial plan. Now, what do you do if you don't have a pension or if you take the pension buyout? There is a way to turn a lump sum or if you don't have a pension to turn your life savings into lifelong retirement income that's guaranteed. And we'll discuss that in the next segment. There are pros and cons to that. What is an annuity? How does it work? Is it good? Is it bad? There are pros and cons. So don't go away. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. According to a recent study, 49% of Americans, 49%, 
fight running out of money as their chief retirement concern. Are you one of them? Now, I mentioned earlier, in the, I mentioned it in the first segment, I also mentioned it briefly in the second segment, that only 4% of the private sector now offers pension plans. And I mentioned in that second segment, I thought it was close to 50% were offered private pension plans 40 years ago. And it's actually, it was 50 years ago, 1970, just to clarify, 45% of private sector employees were offered a pension. Now it's 4%. So I also talked about the problem with government-funded pensions and the huge debt that that has continued to increase. But if you're one of those concerned about running money, running out of money, you know, there are pros and cons to your retirement plan. Let's discuss how you can receive steady income in retirement even if you don't have a pension. A recent study found in the Journal of Financial Planning found that the most efficient investment mix in today's world in retirement is a combination of stocks and annuities. In other words, instead of stocks and bonds, it's better to have stocks and annuities. And some of this is due to the low interest rate environment, okay, because bonds aren't paying much. And then when interest rates go up, bonds, you know, do even worse. They go down, bond funds. Now, if you're not familiar with what an annuity is, you know, I don't, I could do a whole show on an annuity, on annuities and not cover everything. There's mainly four different types. I'm not going to get into that kind of detail today, but it's a financial product that you put in a lump sum. And then at some point, either immediately or in the future, if you want to, you could turn that into a stream of lifetime income. And some of those products, there would be nothing left at your death. Some of them, everything that's left at death would still go to your heirs. And there's trade-offs, right? I mean, if, if they're giving you a guaranteed income for life and there's no guarantee at death, then you're probably going to get more income than if you have a guarantee at death. So it's trade-off. Okay, but what a guaranteed income annuity. I mean, you can. there are annuities now on the market that will provide you with guaranteed income where you still maintain full control of the principal. And everything you have left at death still goes to your heirs. You can do a lifetime income guarantee for yourself. You can do a lifetime income guarantee for you and your spouse. And you can also make sure that whatever's left still goes to your kids. You can even do it where there's an enhanced benefit for the kids. But, you know, if there's an enhanced benefit for the kids, that means you're going to get a little less income now, right? Because there's an enhanced benefit for the kids. So it's all about trade-offs. And annuities can be very confusing instruments. And I will tell you, they're oversold, in my opinion, and they're misunderstood. They can be very effective if used properly. And I mentioned the Journal of Financial Planning. There have been many studies. Wade Fowle, my friend from the American College, uh, he's been named one of the 20 most influential people uh, for the next 20 years in the world of of retirement planning. He also did a study that proved empirically that in this environment, a mixture of stocks and annuities is better than a mixture of stocks and bonds. What that means when I say better is it improves the likelihood you're not going to have a financial problem. It improves your financial outcome. But they are oversold. You know, you do have to worry about conflicts of interest with the advisor because they're they're probably going to get an upfront commission. There There are fee based annuities where the, uh, the advisor can just get a management fee just like they do to manage the rest of your investments. Most of them pay commissions, so there's potential conflicts. All that's got to be mitigated. 
But annuities can help against longevity risk, which is the risk of outliving your money and the fact people are living longer and longer lives. They can help protect principal from market volatility by offering a steady rate of return if it's a fixed type of an annuity. It'll pay out the same amount or an increasing amount regardless of market ups and downs. Variable annuities, they're like mutual fund annuities. They pay more or less depending on investment performance. Immediate annuities can start paying immediately versus deferred annuities that defer that to a later date. And typically with a deferred annuity, you're always in, not all of them, but most of them, you're in full control over how and when you take income and what the mechanism is for taking income and what, you know, do you still own all the money? Do you still have control of the money even though you have the income guarantee? Meaning is it your money, you could cash it in anytime you wanted and whatever's left still goes to the kids at death. And there are various riders that can be attached to the annuities that can help the spouse or the kids. Sometimes they cost money to put those riders on, sometimes they don't. Uh, one criticism of annuities is they have fees. So, uh, you know, not all of them have extra fees for the income benefits, but most of them do. There's a, there's a fee for that. It doesn't affect the income amount, but it affects what you have left when you pass away. So, you know, there's some pros and cons. I mean, Americans are living longer than ever, and annuities can protect against outliving your savings. They may offer tax benefits, and they can help minimize investment risk in retirement. And most importantly, they protect against longevity risk. How long are you going to live? But they can be very complex. There are conflicts of interest, and it's very important that you go through a process to determine, is this going to improve your likelihood of success? Now, this is where I think it's very important to work with a fiduciary. A fiduciary as an advisor is someone who is charged legally with protecting your best interests at all times. They have to always act in your best interests. So like at Brogan Financial, we are a fiduciary. So we are charged with acting solely in your best interests. Now, we do do uh, different types of insurance products. We do life insurance, we do long-term care, and we do some types of annuities. Some of those annuities, we draw a regular asset management fee, just like when we're managing other investments. But some of these fixed annuity choices that provide stable income or just a safe place to make money and then cash in later on, they do provide compensation. Some of them do. And so that's a potential conflict of interest. Well, it is a conflict if they pay a commission. So this has to be mitigated. Just because it pays a commission doesn't mean it's something you shouldn't consider. We've had many studies that have proven, again, empirically, that a mixture of stocks and annuities will improve your retirement outcome, your likelihood of success, better than the traditional stock and bond mix. But you've got to be working with someone who can mitigate that conflict of interest, who's required to do that. They disclose what's going on, and they don't consider their compensation in their recommendations. So it's just very, very important you get full disclosure, full transparency, and that that advisor is held to that fiduciary standard. I can't tell you how important that is. So if you're concerned about running out of money in retirement, you're concerned about market risk or your tax burden, we can help you with an annuity strategy review. If you've got one and you don't like it, you know, what are your best options? Not everybody needs guaranteed income. Matter of fact, a great deal of our clients 
are, are really in a position where they're secure enough. They don't need the guaranteed income. Here's, here's the, the biggest thing I'd say about that. When you put, this is the best way to look at the pros and cons and the trade-offs. When you do an annuity with guaranteed income, where you cannot guarantee, outlive the income, kind of like a pension, okay? And you can do it again where you maintain control of the principal, meaning you can cash it in any time you want. If it's within the first number of years, there might be a penalty, but you're always in control. And then whatever's left would still go to your beneficiaries at death. But when you add that income feature on, what it means is if you need a healthy amount of retirement income from your savings, more than likely you can increase by using an income annuity you can increase your withdrawal rate. You know, if you're wanting to draw four to four and a half percent per year, as an example, using an income annuity can probably improve your withdrawal rate and give you more security. But there's a cost for that, right? Nothing's free. And what is that cost? It means your kids are going to get less money. Now, I said, you know, and that's the biggest trade-off. You know, I said that you can maintain full, full control of the pro, of the money, and that is true. But there are fees. There's, there are internal – either they're passed through to you or they're built in. But there are internal costs to these income guarantees that affect how much money is left behind for your kids. So you can, you can have a little bit more income with some security if you use an income annuity, but you're going to pass away with less, less money. A lot of people would take that trade-off. A lot of people don't need that trade-off. You know, I unfortunately have had a lot of clients come into my office, and they've, take, they've done something like that, and they really didn't need it. And ultimately, it's just going to cost their, their, their family. So it's got to be measured and calculated and folded into a comprehensive plan. And then I think when it comes to any kind of a, of a product that can improve your outcome, which it's been proven that annuities can if they're used properly, if they're not overused, okay, and they're used with the right mix and the right process. I think it's critically important that it be an advisor that is charged with protecting your best interests at all times because it does present a conflict of interest, okay? Now, at my upcoming college class, Thrive Financially in Retirement, uh, we talk about all of these things about how to generate retirement income. Um, how do you create safe stability of income in the short term and growth of income in the long term? How do you look at your diversification and investment mix? What do you do with a lump sum buyout option on your pension? How can you reduce taxes? What about social security election? What about long-term medical costs? All of these things. My next class is August the 13th and 20th. It's at Pellissippi State. You can either attend live with all the CDC and, and Knox County protocol with distancing and masks, or you can attend online virtually. It's August 13th and 20th, 6.30 p.m., two two-hour sessions. If you're retired or getting ready to retirement, it's $59. There's a spousal discount if you're both coming. If you're at home, you just pay one fee uh, to both watch on the screen. You can go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com for more information. Uh, for all of my upcoming classes, or to follow me online and get all my recent updated reports. We've also uh, released a tax trap webinar. It's a free download. It's about 25 to 30 minutes long on tax traps. That kind of goes back to my first segment today about all this stimulus and what it means for the future of our income taxes and how you can incorporate tax planning into your process. It's a complimentary download, 30-minute webinar on the tax trap. 
So go to my website, broganfinancial.com, and check us out. Now, when we come back, how should you go about getting the right answer? And how do you know if your advisor is looking out for your best interest? They can be legally obligated to, but are they actually looking out for your best interest? So don't go away. This is More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. listening to more living with jim brogan if you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again visit broganfinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement and now here's senior market advisor magazine's 2011 national advisor of the year and host of more living jim brogan Thanks for tuning in today. If you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way, right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And, you know, I mentioned in the last segment, you know, there can be a challenge because, you know, there are scientific research studies have proven that a mixture of stocks and annuities may be more effective than a mixture of stocks and bonds and actually are more effective in many cases in today's interest rate environment with bonds paying such low interest rates. But most annuity options have uh, commissions involved for an advisor. So that presents a conflict of interest. And not all of them do. Some of them are fee-based. In other words, the advisor can draw a management fee off of the value of that annuity. But how, how do you really know your advisor's working in your best interest? So one question is, are they regulated as a fiduciary? And what that means is they're legally required to act in your best interests. And that is a higher standard of care than a suitability standard. See, the old st- standard for stockbrokers and for insurance advisors only is that they have to make suitable recommendations that are appropriate, even they, though they may not be in your best interest. So the best interest standard is much, much higher, and there's been some legislation and some uh, actions with SEC and FINRA. FINRA is one of the regulatory bodies for the financial industry uh, that have, you know, increased fiduciary standards for more people. In other words, they're holding more and more people to that fiduciary standard. But what that means is more and more, more and more people are held to that standard, but they still can get commissions on either stock trades or on certain financial products, which presents a conflict of interest. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. <coughs> Excuse me. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It just means it is a conf- it's a potential conflict of interest. So how's that advisor mitigating that potential conflict? So to me, some things you can look for, someone who asks you a lot of questions and cares about you and your needs and doesn't lead with selling products. You know, it should be about the process and how you can get where you want to go. The products, you know, they're important but they shouldn't ever be the focus, all right, even with a fee-based advisor. They should never be the focus. So are they asking a lot of questions, figuring out what you want to accomplish, or are they leading with selling you a mutual fund or a stock or a bond or an annuity or whatever? Someone who will take time to help you understand how your plan has been crafted to meet your goals. Understanding your plan is so critically important 
Because then you're less likely to make a behavioral mistake, take a panic emotional decision. Someone who cares about your concerns and will take the care, the proper care and time that they can to help you, that will communicate with you often and be there when you need them. Uh, they're comfortable, you know, it's someone you feel comfortable trusting your financial well-being there. And they review everything. I think uh, to be a fiduciary, I don't know how you can do that if you don't work with all the pieces of a comprehensive financial plan, which includes tax planning, it includes investment review, it includes social security election if you're retirement age, it includes income planning, it includes health care, it includes estate planning, includes all these things. It's got to be comprehensive or how do they act in your best interest if they are not understanding all the different pieces of the puzzle and how one thing impacts the other. Unfortunately, I'm out of time today, but I want to thank you for tuning in as we've discussed your wealth because greater wealth provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Check out our upcoming class August the 13th and 20th at Pellissippi. You can go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com. You can attend live or virtually. Thanks for tuning in as you've been listening to More Living right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.